This is Will Swan and you're listening to the Amber and Blue. Good evening, everyone. Uh, hopefully this works first time and we are all gravy. Uh, good evening, Harry. Good How evening. are you? Uh, yeah, steady, man. Um, could be better. Could be could be uh, top of the league, but um, yeah, could be better. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a strange old week, hasn't it? If you want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, welcome, Lucas. How are you? Evening. Evening. How are you, buddy? Uh, not too bad. Just getting myself sorted. Me, my phone's dying, so... Oh, no, that's, that's never a good sign. Never, <laughs> ever a good sign. So, yeah, I, start, I started a minute early thinking that I might have some drama and I thought, hmm, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, Richard's accepted to be a co-host and then just vanished, so I don't know whereabouts he is. Um, so, we'll, we'll give it a minute and see if it works. Because uh, you never know with Twitter. It's, it's a fantastic bit of kit that just likes to go down a lot. Um but yeah, so everyone can hear me, everyone can yeah, see me, Richard's in and out for some reason, I don't know why, uh, maybe his Twitter's gone down or something, um, so I'm hoping he'll be back with us shortly. Um, so, well, how to pass a minute. So, uh, Harry, have you heard anything on a new defender coming in? Uh, can't say I have, um, other than just what's been published out. It's going to be a young defender, but yeah, it, it, it's. Oh, I just want. I just want a deal to go through now. I'm. I'm. I'm beyond the point of. I don't know. I. I can't. I, I'm just flabbergasted with the injuries. Like that's the word. I am so, just fed up of it now. To be honest, it's it's three years in a row, and I I, I just don't get what's going off. I, it's. I hate to be negative to start off, but three years of this is, is getting dull. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, that's quite interesting. What do you think the reasons are for these injuries? Right. Um, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go off on a bit of a tangent and just run through the injuries. So we've got three muscle injuries at Doncaster. Um, we've got two knee injuries, which are longer term, which is McLaughlin, and um, Hewitt, which is obviously contact, can't help them. They're just contact. Same with Kilgore, can't help that. That's ruptured Achilles, can't help that. You've then also, who else is injured? Gale, what is it? Was his practicing a penalty or something and it got injured? Um, well, yeah, that's him. Cargill seems to be injured, um, which is his back which has been hurting him, so can't remember that. That's, that's nothing to do with yours. Um, I think he was signed with a bad back as well, you know. Um, I remember someone saying when we first signed him, he, he's had a bad back or something to do with that. Um, and then Quinn's his knee, but he's old. It's bound to happen. He's going to have his knees this season. His knee's going to go in. Honestly, what do I think it is? 
I'm going to go a mixture of bad luck because of the longer term ones and the actual contact ones. And then I'm going to go, it's got to be something to do with the training, whether it's the pitch, whether it's the intensity of it, it's too intense, which I don't mind. I'd rather have an intensity, intense training session. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I think it is just poor. I don't know what it's like, but I feel like we're just signing a lot of players with reoccurring injuries, and it's getting annoying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand what you mean. At this point, I'm going to bring in my co-host. Uh, welcome, Richard. Evening. Evening. So, as Harry's just been talking about injuries and what he thinks it could be, what are your thoughts on the uh, injury front and reasons for so many injuries? Well, just going on to back to Bailey Cargill, according to the website for Sat, Stag's website, they've got it down as being a hamstring injury, not a back injury. Um, whether that's, that makes whether well. that's true or not, but again, that just you know, I, I was looking through before, and like Harry said, you you know, ones like. Um, Kilgore and that where you know it's a freak injury them sort of things happen but the amount of muscle injuries we get we've got three at Doncaster or four at Doncaster whatever it was and then if Cargill has a hamstring injury that he's come off again that's like four or five players with muscle injuries in two games like last season the amount of injuries we had you can put it down to a one-off but if it's continuing again they've got to change something It's whether it's training or whether it's the physio not doing the job properly or something I don't know, but so much, so much clearly not right because no other club's going through the persistent injury problems that we're having. Apart from us, we've you know we're five games in and half the squads are injured. We've got ten players training. That's not right at a professional football club. I don't care what anyone says. Can yeah. I just add to that? Yeah, go um, on, Harry. Yeah, um, I agree with I agree with Richard, and it, I don't think it's the physios because if I'm right in saying, someone correct me if I'm wrong. The physios have been here before Clough, so I don't think it's the injury. We've never had this under any other manager. I'm sorry, we just haven't. Like, do you know when we got uh, all the way to MK Dons that season with Flickcroft? We never had that bad of injuries, did we? Like, And I'm sure he were the physio then. I'm sure he were the physios under Dummer and Dummer, as in Coughlin and Dempster. So I'm sure he's always been the long-term physio. But one thing... If I, I'm 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 not stating I want Clough out, but if this was another manager, would it be happening? I don't know. It's all these questions we just don't know the answer of. And if the club don't know how these injuries are happening, how are we meant to know? Yeah, definitely, mate. I I agree with you and and Rich as well. Lucas, you've got your hand up, mate. So let's hear it. Yeah, I just want to go back to the original point of uh, Harry saying that it could be in the not injury, it could be the the training it being too intense. Um, I w- I'd like to think that surely the the injuries would be more in training if it was too strenuous, you know, rather than in a match. Um, there's there's obviously something if it's if it's not to do with obviously the the being overworked and stuff like that. There's got to be something either with the pitch or with the um, with the physios. But it's quite... I've started to notice a bit of a pattern 
that a lot of these injuries seem to be away from home. They don't actually... Obviously, we had Hewitt's last season. It was obviously a, a shock injury. They they happen, like like has been said. But a lot of the injuries are away are, are away from home. You look at Macker at Northampton. Then you look at the four that happened at Doncaster. Then the other two that happened at Grimsby. This, this seems to be a recurring theme of it not being at home. It seems to be away all the time. Um, wasn't two of Macca's three injuries at home, though? Did he not get injured at home, come back at Northampton, get injured, come back at home, get injured again? I don't really know. By that point, I'd, I'd give up and lost count of how many times people have been injured and who's injured and who's done what. And when everyone's back, I, I'd lost count. Well, I, think, yeah. I, think when he got, I think when he got injured at Northampton, I yeah. think it was evident that clearly he wasn't even fit enough to be back playing anyway. Never mind picking but, up another injury. That is, that is true, to be fair. Well, I, I mean, it's interesting. Essex, welcome, mate. Hope you had a... Uh, Good trip up to Grimsby, enjoyed the fish and chips with the missus and kids and uh, hopefully enjoyed some of the game, probably the second half. Um, hello, hello, mate. Evening, everybody. Um, yeah, it was it was all right, mate. It was a long old journey up, but um, yeah, we stopped off in Boston, as we said last week, which was nice. Um, so, yeah, that was all right. Good, good. So, what are your thoughts on the uh, injuries at the moment? Um, I think we spoke about it last week, didn't we? It's it's really tricky. Personally, I, I think you you can't really look any further than either strength and conditioning or the warm ups. Um, it doesn't really matter to me how long someone's been in a job. Um, I don't know how much the manager has involvement in how they do all of that. That's why they employ a strengthening and conditioning coach because Nigel Clough's a football manager. He's not a physiotherapist, so you know it isn't let's get Cluffy out. It's it's who are the people who are... To me, it just seems like they're not stretching properly. They're not warming up properly. However, let's remember, we do have a habit and let's just count on one hand here. Um, you know, Alfie Kilgore previously had an ACL. Um, Bailey Cargill has had big injuries. Kieran Wallace had had ACL. We've so, we sign players who have got a history of injuries and that's probably why we get a lot of these League One players because they've got a history of injuries and clubs run them off the books in case they get injured again. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I think that's a fair point. So, I had, a, I had a little bit of a look at this. So, Callum Johnson, who I think started the season superbly, I don't think anyone can argue that. Um, he's now on his, I think, Rich, is it Callum Johnson's hamstring this time? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so this is Callum Johnson's third hamstring injury since joining us in January. So there's clearly an underlying problem there, but why, if you know someone's got a reoccurring hamstring injury, why are we not training to make that stronger for him? Again, fantastic says, strength and conditioning, what, what are we actually doing? We've got a lot of, like Richard said, muscular injuries. Surely this comes down to your strength and conditioning. If if I if I was working with someone, now I know he had a weak hamstring, then surely you'd try and focus a little bit on that to tighten it up. Surely, but I think I think going back 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 to uh, the other point, I think when Nigel goes on about wanting a small squad, it, you know they'll all do the due due diligence on these players, so they'll know they've got. Like Essex was saying, we we sign players who have had injury problems, so to say it's just bad luck isn't really true when you know you sign injury players, injury-prone players. So going in with a small squad, knowing that most of them throughout the season are going to pick up injuries, 
it's always going to come back and bite you on the arse. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you look at that and we say, you know, they do the due diligence and look at these players and everything. But this is the same manager that signed Danny Johnson and then decided not to play him. Or the same manager that came into Andy Cook and got rid of Andy Cook. So he's, he's made some mistakes, but let, let's be honest, realistically, is, is it something that... Do you think now, all of you, do you think now is the time that Nigel should be looking at the team and going, right, okay, why are we having so many of these injuries? Look, do you think he's asked the question or do you think he knows? Look, I'm going to be honest with you and um, I know a certain lower league look has just joined and he was telling us the players we've signed were injury-prone players when we started the summer and we were arguing that we were a promotion-pushing team. But realistically... Yes, while we could be a promotion-chasing team, he is right about our injuries. We signed Cargill off the back of an injury. We signed Callum McDonald. I know he's not been injured yet, off the back of an injury. I'm certain, I'm fairly certain, Callum Johnson was signed um, off the back of an injury from the previous season. Yeah, he was. Um, we are signing players off the back of injuries. Here on Boateng, we're out for a bit for MK Dons uh, last year. We we actually are having... We actually are, and I agree with Richard when he's saying we're signing players with reoccurring um, injury problems. So, my question is, why are we recruiting these players when all we're going to do in about 10 games' time is blame injuries? Because it's not on, and it's not right. Yeah. um, You know what, I agree. And I think the thing is with it is, like, I think he signed these players, A, because they're probably cheaper, let's be honest. And and B, he's probably hoping that if fit and he can keep on fit, he gets a diamond. Like Alfie Kilgore came to us off the back of a big injury. Yeah, okay, he's got one again now, but that was pretty much a. We I remember when we signed him and we had a look and we were like, oh, he's he's had a big injury at Bristol and then he couldn't get back in the team when fit, so he ended up with us. So I think the problem is while we're signing League One quality players, it's the fact that they have got a lot of injuries of past. And, you know, you've only got to look at Maka. Maka's had three injuries now on the same leg. What what Maka are we getting back when he's fit? And, I don't know. And that's the thing. Go on, Richard. I was just going to say, it, it tends to be the same players as well, like you say, the ones that are reoccurringly getting injured. So, um, you know, we've still got, obviously, they're on for bringing one in, but we've still got five loan options available. We've got a squad of 21, 22, whatever it is. We're already down to, we've only got 10 that can train. So why aren't we looking to bring in two or three loan signings where, let's be honest, you probably pay 10 or 20% of the wage to boost our squad up? Because evidently, you know, I think most of the bench at Grimsby was youth and he didn't really put any of them on. So whether he doesn't believe any of them can change a game or, or whatever, I don't know. And when he does put them on, it tends to be in the 90th minute and we're into injury time. But, you know, bring some loans in to bulk the squad up because I don't know how many times it needs to be said, you know, this squad carries injuries all the time. So, unless you want to leave your send short, use the loan option that's there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a massively fair point. Essex, you've got your hand up, mate. I, I was just going to say on that, it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see how Riley Harbour gets on 
at Hibs if he has uh, a fair run of games because obviously he suffered as well with with injuries with us last year um, and was that because he was young or whatever I mean he's a sub tonight which they could probably do with him they're 4-0 down um, but it'd be interesting to see how he goes over the course of a season because he seemed to get a little niggle be out for a little while Will Swan was injured in a different way wasn't he last season but be interesting to see how he is because that might be you know, was he just injury prone or is it something that we're doing I don't think we're ever going to know because Nigel Clough's not going to throw someone under the bus is he it's not his style to, to sort of say oh well it's such and such his fault no, and I think this is the thing. If if it is a strength and conditioning person, they will just disappear. There'd be no massive fanfare. There'd be no on Facebook. Like when Seamus left and Adam Collins came in, there were nothing on Facebook. Well, they Seamus were just gone. Yeah, no, and then Adam let, Collins he just left. Didn't he? They made a big thing of Seamus for a little while as well, didn't they? When Nathan Bishop was with us, he was doing video diaries and all of that, and then the next minute he was gone. Yeah, I, I still think he should have had a proper send-off, like, because he, he did bring in some quality goalkeepers. And and whether you like Christy Pym or not, that was a Seamus signing. Seamus was the one that scouted him and wanted to train him up. So, you know, I think he deserved a little bit better than what he got, but that's football, isn't it? Lucas, you've had your hand up, mate. Yeah, I was just going to say what you said about them being cheap and that's why they were coming in. I'd, I'd not thought of it like that, but that could be a, an option. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the thing is, it it probably is, isn't it? Let's be honest. But we say cheap. I mean, I don't know how much Boatang's on. Uh, obviously, quite a lot. Cause he's selling quite a few trainers and they're not cheap. Um, but yeah, I mean, Richard, how long's Boatang out for? Have we had any update? Well, I think... He was one. Of, he was one of the ones that was four to six weeks. I think it was him, Callum Johnson, Harry Lewis. Um, who was the other one? Someone else and all. Callum Johnson. That's yeah. I thought it was four. Yeah, and... Johnson, Bowtang. Some of them else. Have you googled Bowtang? Because literally, I've just put him in Google, um, and I, I just put injury, and it just came up with one from literally every club he's been at. Literally, I think he's probably had more injuries than goals. Oh, I don't start. I, I'm being honest, mate. I'm being honest, literally. So, come up, said MK. Then it said Cambridge. Boatang suffers injury setback. Then it says Cambridge. Boatang injured. Then there was someone from Exeter. And then, obviously, the, the three from Mansfield. So, it but sounds look, like wherever he's been... He works hard and pulls his muscles. That's what happens. Hey, honestly, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if that's true or whether he just wants a bit of time off. Maybe he's, maybe he's had a new puppy or something. Possibly. But genuinely, it's, and I'll go back to what you said and I'll see what you guys think, but what is the point of bringing academy players through, travelling all the way to Grimsby and then not using them for like the last five or ten minutes? Because the players that you have got, you're just knackering them out more, so they're more liable to get injured. If you've got subs and you're not comfortable with the substitute bench you've got, why are they bringing them? Just go short bench. End of day, you're you're halting their progress by just sticking them there. You're ruining their match fitness and their match sharpness. So when someone takes them on loan, they might end up injured themselves because they've not had that match sharpness. We're just going about it the whole wrong way. And if I'm honest, if you're not going to use your... 
academy players just stick them out on loan and use whatever wages we get from them to then get someone in on loan who's actually going to play. I'd rather one player who's actually going to play than four players who's just going to sit on bench and make the numbers up. And it's not nothing to do with the um, academy players because I'm sure they're all good enough standard. I mean, I've watched them enough times to know if a couple of them are good enough to actually play a League 2 football match. So, I just, I don't even know. We, we go... We are going about it such the wrong way, and if anything, we're just halting our own progress um, of our young players by uh, doing what we're doing. Yeah, uh, Lucas, you've got your hand up, mate. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking as well. Like, obviously, the youth have—I know it's nothing major, but they—they they have their own like sort of. I don't know if it's a league thing or whatever, but you know if. Obviously, I, I know it's a bit different and obviously Nigel's top dog and it's up to him what happens with players and whatnot. But if I was in charge of the academy and he was taking Abdullah and Grzynski and, and everyone and didn't play him, if I was the academy, you know, in charge of the academy, I'd be absolutely fuming. You know, it's they're playing games on a Saturday morning and Cluffy's like, oh no, for Grimsby away so you can't have them. And then they're not being played. And obviously, I think they lost at the weekend, didn't they? And it's, you know, I'd be fuming if it was happening, you know. It's it's not right because it's it's the future of the club as well because we, we've we got, you know, Abdullah has got the potential to be something really, really special. And knowing our luck, he'll probably leave in a couple of years' time or something for... I don't know, maybe fifty, hundred grand, and he'll go off and end up being some ridiculously good striker and end up in the Premier League or something. And you know, it's it's the most Mansfield thing to do to to not do things the right way. And it's 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 not the club as such; it's more Clough. And the the more we keep going on about this, the more I'm actually starting to get annoyed at him and turn against him. Yeah, and knowing Clough with what he did with Alistair Smith, he'll probably end up at like Sutton in about two years' time, score about 20-odd, end up in Championship and uh, play his dues in Championship. I mean, how many times has Clough got it wrong with players who's gone on to do well? I mean, Ryan Sweeney, I know it's the Scottish League, also known as the Car Park League, but he went and won the Scottish Championship. We released him for free. We then released Alistair Smith for free, went on to play some good football for um, Sutton, won the league with Sutton, and then went on and played League 2 football and got himself a League 1 move. Whether he plays in League 1 regularly or not, he's still above Mansfield in the pyramid, and that's a player we've released who's came through our own academy. And then we've also got Andy Cook and Danny Johnson. I don't need to go into that. We already know the facts. We already know the stories. We... We we can't seem to keep hold of the right players who, by the way, while we're on topic of injuries, aren't getting injured injured at their other clubs now. Well, I'll tell you what. Do you know what? That's a fair point, isn't it? It's like it'd be like whoever mentioned Riley Arbottle and how he gets on at Ibs. It'd be interesting to see. I think it was Essex. It'd be interesting to see how he got on um, with injuries and stuff like that. Because if these players are leaving us and not getting so injured or not picking up so many knocks, then it's clearly a Mansfield problem. It's not down to bad luck or anything like that. It's clearly an us problem. 
And I know we've all had a bit of a moan and stuff like that about Nigel and him getting it wrong. But there is times he's getting it right. Like the football in the first couple of games, so far, it's it's been good, attractive football. And if you were a neutral and you'd be and you were looking for something to do on a Saturday, and you came to that Morecambe game as a one-off, you would want to come more regular. So on the flip side, he has got it wrong with players, but we have been playing attractive, attacking football. So is it that we're signing players that can't cope with that? intensity of attacking football for 90 minutes. Lucas, you've got your hand up. But what's the point in playing this good attacking football and attractive football that people want to watch when he can't keep his players fit and we've got no first-team players to play the systems that he's bringing in to help us drag it out of the league? You know, it's we're four you know games in and, and we're playing the bench. That's the most facts I think I've heard him speak. Yeah, that, I know. I mean, so you're right, mate. It, it's it's a fair point. But, you know, as daft as it sounds, we ain't lost yet. It's only a matter of time, though. If we keep going now, we're going. Jesus yeah, but Christ. if every player had that mindset, if every this, player had that mindset, we'd be shit, wouldn't we? Well, it's a matter of time. Dark at this rate, the academy will be playing the first team games. Do you know what, though, mate? Honestly, if the academy end up in half our games and we win, let's say we play like three academy players on Saturday against Stockport and we win, nobody would complain. Let me just nobody. throw something out there as well. I'll throw a party, can I just add? Go on. Well, obviously, I don't, I don't know massive amounts about the academy, but you don't see the academy getting a shed load of injuries all the time. Yeah, but you don't follow the academy, so we don't we won't really know, would we? Because we don't get pre-match previews of their starting lineup from Gaffer yeah, to know who's that injured and what have you. No one really, fo- no one follows the academy in that depth to know that someone's picked up a groin stain or a hamstring strain. But every time we're sat in the pub and we look at the starting lineup of the youth, it's always the same. All well, the it's time, the same starting eleven. All the time, or apart from the odd same fit. Apart from the odd one that might drop to the bench, you know, it's not like they've just vanished out of the squad. Yeah, but if it's the same start, if it's the same team for the under 18s, then surely that means that they're keeping them fit. And you know what I mean? Exactly. This is my point. This is my point. Yeah, but their physio, their physio is going to be different to uh, the to the one we've got because obviously the one that we've got works with our squad. I I think personally, so it's I the physio's like fault. Then. You what? So it's the physio's fault then. Well, I've said for ages, I think it's down to the way we warm up and stuff because I don't think it's, I don't think we warm up well enough for the amount of muscle injuries that we're getting. You know, it, a lot of them are in games when people start, you know, getting into game or what have you. For someone to do a pre-match warm up, come on as a sub, so he's had all that time to keep warm and keep stretching, come on as a sub, do a muscle injury and have to go off injured tells you for a start, something's not right. So we're so sure. Surely maybe, maybe, the physio, maybe the physio has just been here that long. They're comfortable in what they're doing, and the, you know sometimes the changes. You know, Clough goes on about freshening the squad up. Maybe that department needs freshening up. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's fair. Um, do you know what? To be fair, I've just had I've just had a really interesting like answer and like from lower league look, and they've said if our academy's so good and we're bringing all these players through. Why does Clough feel the need to go out and keep buying injury-prone players? 
Like, why is he not integrating him into the first team? I know Abdullah had a little bit of a run out and we saw a couple pre-season. But, like, realistically, if we've got injuries in midfield, surely, and I can't pronounce his name, so I'm probably going to get it wrong. Is it, Richard, how do you say it? Is it Krasinski? What is it, Lucas? Krasinski. Yeah. So, like, we saw Krasinski at Alfreton and... I think, uh, did he play at Matlock? And he, he, he had some really good games. And he's a player that really needs to be around it and bring through. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think, I mean, I don't know who's in charge of the warm-up. I don't I don't think it'd be the physio. Would it be strength and conditioning or would it be the coaches? Exactly. Like Andy, Gar- Andy Garner warms up the defenders because you see him, like, occasionally chucking the ball for them to head and head it back. So... I think it's interesting. At this point, I'll bring in Brandon. Welcome, Brandon. You've got your hand up. I just want to say, can we all just stop complaining about the season? We're like four games in and you're already acting as if the season's over. It's stupid. Well, not really, mate. We're just having a discussion about injuries and what's what's the things yeah, behind what, them. What, what Lucas is coming across is that he thinks the season's ended because we've had a few injuries and he's like, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone's acting as if the season's over. I think there's genuine concern amongst the fan base at the amount of injuries we get in. Yeah, but it's like what Clough said, the injuries aren't consistent. Like They're all different injuries. It's not anything that they're doing. Otherwise, they would have sorted the problem out. Right. So, going with that last question, so Callum Johnson's had a hamstring injury three times while being at Mansfield. All his hamstring. So, to me, that's a reoccurring injury. That's a problem with him and not with the like the coaches or anything. That's a problem with his muscle. But if yeah, they work but... properly and efficiently, then it won't keep happening, would it? Well, no, that's not really how it works. But it is. Not really. You've only got to look at Swindon. And... If, if, you, if, you have a, if you have an injury problem that's reoccurring, it's your own body. It's not what anyone else can do. Yeah, but you say that. That's the point of a strength and conditioning coach because they don't just do a generic every member of the squad gets this every every member under the strength and conditioning coach gets an individual plan because everybody's body is different so, so, the, the, so let's, say we get Man, let's say we get Man City's strength and conditioning coach he'd still get injured and then you'd be saying oh yeah we've got the best of the best but he's still getting injured but then you'd blame them but you don't know that though do you like ge- genuinely, nobody knows this, and th- and this is a problem. So, like as I've said, as my friend worked there last season, every player has an individual strength and conditioning plan to follow because you can't give Kilgore the same as what you give, let's say, Perch. It's different. But if you've got a player that's constantly got a bad injury in a certain area, then you target it and you build it up because that's what you meant to do. Now, clearly, if you've got three injuries in that target area then you need to be working on that. Yeah, but then if he, if he is working and it gets injured again, then what, what, more can, what more can you expect? Well, well, then you've got the sad option of going. You're a cracking player, mate, but maybe, maybe you know, A, your body's not cut out for it anymore, or B, you transfer listing him and getting gone due to his injuries, or you release him. I you just... It's just, it's just the way that you, you was all speaking about it. It just sounded like you was acting like the season has ended and that we're not going to win any games because we're going to play our academy players and everything. So, 
I don't think anyone said we're not going to win games because we're academy yeah. players. We're questioning why he's bringing academy players on a bench and then not giving them minutes when we're playing well. No, I don't know if Brandon's joined in at a time when he's picked up the wrong end of the conversation, but like we are only four games in. It has been mentioned how good the footballers have been playing, but at the same time, we're four games in and over half the squads are injured. So it's a, it's a discussion that is being had because we seem to be the worst club in the league for the amount of injuries we get through and that's not just each individual player being at fault for their own injury we're, we're just giving everyone else a chance because we're too good at football <laughs> all right <laughs> can't argue with that I, one i mean i'll take that i'll take if that's the last line on it i'll take i'll take that I, i'll speak again later but with the essex you had your hand up mate what did you have to say i, I was just going to say um one of the best players in the world's just done his hamstring and Man City are going to operate on it and he'll be out for four months so that he doesn't have a recurring hamstring problem. That's what your physios and your strength and conditioning and your club doctors are supposed to do when you get injured. Not just say to Callum Johnson, I'll have a lay on the sofa for three weeks and then have a stretch and go out and play and get fucking injured again. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, everybody's body's different, I get that. But the whole point when you get injured is to recover from that injury and then and then try to strengthen and improve that area of your body so that you don't get injured again and that it doesn't reoccur. Yeah, definitely. And we had this problem last season, we're bringing players back too soon as well. So, like, if we are learning to leave the players out until they are genuinely better or match fit, it does leave us a bit short in in certain areas. We we all know that our defence last season wasn't great, and that we needed cover. We finally get cover, and we suffer two injuries. Lyle, Aidan Flint is a good player, but he can't do it all on his own. He needs a bit of help. Although this is my opportunity to shout out Jordan Barry because I'm not the biggest fan of him up front. Um, but I tell you what, he's. And I did wonder why we'd kept him. But I'll tell you what, he's put all my doubts to bed these past couple of games. He's come in, he's done a job. He might not be as good as somebody naturally, but at least he's doing something about it. Uh, Richard, what are your thoughts on this uh, back four we've got? Have we got a back four for Sunday? <laughs> That's that, sorry. Really, realistically, what have we got? We've probably got, we've got McDonald, we've got Flynn. So he's going to have to be centre half. Cargo's not fit. Yeah, Cargill, Yeah, if Cargill's not fit, then it's Barry, and then what? Probably Aikins. So quite possibly two strikers in a back four. Back yeah, definitely. Um, Lucas, you've got your hand up. I was just looking, and obviously we we're, we're all trying to figure out what what the problem is. And the. When when exactly did the injuries seem to start? Because obviously you, you know the history behind me and supporting Stag. So when, when was it first noticeable that we were starting to suffer from a large amount of injuries? I don't really know. See, this is a thing. Essex might be able to help me on this because when Nigel Clough came in and took over, I just didn't want to get fucking relegated. So I didn't even look at injuries that season. Did you, Essex? No, I think I think Doncaster at home, the four-one game last season, was was when McLaughlin went off in the first half, um, and and I think that was when it really started to bite, wasn't it? After that point, it, it started really showing. 
I think the yeah. first season when he was here, obviously James Perch fractured his skull. I mean, you know, crikey, you can't blame anybody for that. Um, and that was when we then had to sign John Joe O'Toole and Hawkins went back in defence because we just had we had nobody, did we? Yeah. Sweeney had gone. We had Farron Rawson. We loaned Richard Narty, didn't we? Who was... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is he now? Is he still at Salford? Salford. Salford. Still. Yeah. The fact is he that guy... for him? I'll have a look. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, H, uh, you've had your hand up, mate. Other H, I've got two H's now. This is where it gets confusing. H, you've had your hand up, mate. Come on in. Welcome. Um, with the back line problems, I think George Williams in the back, well, at least able to play some minutes, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, uh, but this is the thing. Um, do you think he will start him? Do you think he will bring him on? Or Well, I'm not sure what's happening with this um, centre-half. Well, I know that is from the Championship, but apparently that's been a bit delayed. Yeah, so so I was told last night that Nigel Clough was at the Warsaw Brighton under twenty ones game last night. So I don't know if he'd gone there to watch anyone in particular from the Brighton under twenty one scene. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. But um, H, did you go to Matlock? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, what? So I'd, I'll be hundred percent honest. And I'll read the texts out. Bear with me, let me scroll through. So I got a text from my mate that says, honestly, mate, if George Williams is playing for us this season, we're in trouble. What What was your thoughts on his performance? I wasn't there, so I can't pass comment, but I'm just passing on what I got told. Okay, now, uh, it was a while ago now. Uh, all I remember is that um, Kieran Freeman weren't very good. But um, I don't think... George Williams even had that much of the board. I think he were brilliant, but then again, against Matlock, Flinders was quite poor. And we all know that he is a Mansfield fan's hero. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a fair point. Um, going back to the Kieran Freeman thing, though, I thought he had a fairly good pre-season and I'd have quite happily signed him. Both? Um, Just as cover. I think both him and... Um, I think he went to Oldham, didn't he? I think uh, that Dickinson's gone to Oldham too. Yeah, he has. He scored two first game at se- yeah, uh, second game, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. They they've made some quality signings. Hopefully, they can pick I, the score. I quite better. liked. Um, I quite like that Brendan Dickinson. I don't. I don't know. Again, though, yeah. again, they probably get injured five games in because that was his record with it. With yeah, it, yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing, though, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a little bit concerning that all these players with injuries they come to us and then they get re-injured, but they seem to. Johnny Williams, you know, if you look at Johnny Williams' career before Swindon, it's shite. He's injured in and out every week. He goes to Swindon and he plays regular. But it's clearly something they've been made aware of and dealt with quite happily. Brandon, you've got your hand up, mate. Come on in. I was going to talk about George Williams. Yeah, OK, my mate. I think he's crap. OK. <laughs> Can you back it up? Any particular reason why, mate? You know, you know, Matlock. I thought yeah. like he wouldn't even get in my school team from about ten years ago. So, Matt do you think he's going to start on Saturday? Pardon? Do you think he's going to start on Saturday? Well, 
I'm glad I'm not there because he probably will. Oh, where are you this weekend then? I'm seeing Noel Gallagher. Fair point. You know what I mean? Fair point. He doesn't come around that often, so we'll let you off on that one, buddy. Exactly. I don't want to watch us lose. Like Lucas Do you know what? Uh, uh, wait a minute, and you've come on here and said Granted. that people are acting like the season's over, and then you reckon we're going to lose on flat day? No, 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 no. I was saying, Lucas was saying we were going to lose very soon, so I was saying we're going to lose, because that's what Lucas said. Brandon, who am I going to buy um, two Copperbergs for now on Saturday? You can send them to Manchester for me. Yeah, we're fucked now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, failing that, if you want to send Copperbergs anyway, you can send them to London. No, you can send them to Manchester, Harry, and I'll drink them. Perfect. Make sure you're in a spoons. Yeah, I will do. Don't you worry. So, I, I think that a lot of us are a little bit concerned, but, like I say, how many players do you think we're going to bring in? And, and this, I'm going to put it out to everyone, should we do a late-night transfer deadline day Twitter space? Yes. No. That no. would be one boring fucking episode. Let's nope, be real. Because we are going to sign absolutely no fucker. We're not going to get a Matty Longstaff in Jamie Murphy. There's literally no point. Well, Matty Longstaff's at Barrow, so he ain't coming. He's done That's an ACL right. now as well, so he's right up our street, isn't he, Longstaff? Oh, oh yeah. Fair point, fair field. point. He's got an injury history, so ticks up box. Sean we need to sign Riley Arbottle. we go. Can we get Riley Arbottle back, please? Richard, as a co-host, are you not interested in doing a late-night one? If I thought something was going to happen, but I can see us talking about last night's EastEnders by the time 11 o'clock comes around, because uh, there was no else to talk about. Cause, I mean, I so what about? League 2 in general, but I mean, Clough's already said we're not signed no one, and, and if we do it, we'll have a loan in by uh, next week or so. I don't know yeah, about but, you, lads. Yeah, but you, you know, you said that Nigel says we're not going to sign anyone, right? You know, if we lose on Saturday, there will be people that get on at him, and I think he will be kind of forced to go out and get players. Um, so I think, it, I mean, it could be interesting, Richard. How about we do one from nine till eleven? Because we don't announce our transfers until late, do we? Sorry, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. I'll be in lower league looks one watching the Aaron Challenger from. I'll Doncaster. be in lower league look up the lower league look. I'll be sat there watching Aaron Challenger cry once Doncaster sign absolutely nobody. Well, yeah. how about we join theirs then on on the Friday night? Me and Richard will ask to be speakers. And how about Rich for every site for every non-signing in League Two Mansfield? Do we do a shot or something? For what? Every signing in League Two made that isn't ours, we do a shot. You'll be plastered ironed at night. I'm going to say, what day is it on? Russ, you'll have one shot and you'll have to end. You remember what happened last time he was on Lower League looking, he was drunk? Yeah, mate, I know. It was good, wasn't it? It was, it was cracking views. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's an idea. We, we sort some out. We, we talk it out, as obviously co-hosts do. And... Um, yeah, we'll uh, bring it on. Speaking of that, um, where is it? H, you're still in here, mate. Your best mate is here now, so I'm going to give it... I know. Uh, 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 W's in the chat. Yeah. So, let's have a listen then. Is it, is it Liam or Grant? <laughs> it's never Grant. It's Liam then, it isn't is. it? Uh, welcome. Yeah, guys, everyone's welcome. You two, Richard, Russ, come on. 
give you both speaking rights on it. Come on on deadline day, we'll uh, we'll all laugh at Aaron Chaloner. Um, just in general, even <laughs> yeah, if they definitely. do sign someone, we'll we'll laugh at the, his description of them and what he thinks they're going to do and some of the words he uses, and we'll we'll tie him in knots and we'll all go out. Look, here's well, the thing. Bradford, Mansfield, fine, we go ahead, we, we kind of rip on each other a lot, but there's one thing we can all take comfort in here, we ain't Swindon. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we've got to look forward to. Do you know what, I actually, uh, Russ, I know why uh, I know why Clough was at the Walsall Brighton under-21s game. Oh, go uh, on, man. He was scouting this bloke called Danny Johnson that he's heard's quite good. Um, he's hoping he's different to the Danny Johnson that you guys had, because apparently he can play football for them. That wait was very funny. Wait, wait a minute, though, Liam. <laughs> Liam, because Essex Stag has got a really, really good description of him. Essex, how did you describe him last week? Describe who? Danny Johnson. I can't remember. What did I call him? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, that was it. He's, he's, doing really well. <laughs> he's doing really well for Wolves. So, how many goals has he got? Like one? No, I think he's got three now, hasn't he? Has he? More, I think he's got more, three. more points than more goals than Wolves have got points, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, Lucas, you've got your hand up. Come on in, mate. Right, I know I'm going to get slated, but I I just want to put something out there that I think is uh, going a bit under the radar because of the football we're playing. If we don't win at least one of our next three or four games, Clough's in trouble. What? Oh. Be quiet. I, I, need, I need to sound clip that. I need to sound clip that. Cause, cause I genuinely I, think he is. Like, uh, just out of curiosity, though, ge- genuine question. Like, since, so, like, the Morecambe game, has anybody seen the Radfords, like, out and about at the games and stuff? Because obviously I don't sit up a tier, but has anyone seen them? They don't go away games, unless it's important. Yeah, I, ju- I just wondered, like, were they at the Morecambe game? Probably not. I'd assume so. Because I, I, I was under the impression with Caroline coming back to be the CEO that they'd be a bit more visual and stuff like that. So I didn't. I never know whether they're in Portugal or at the games, to be fair. But I wondered if that would increase the pressure on Clough this season, the fact that the owners are watching more regular. He's not going to get sacked this season. And let, let's, let's be fair, even if the owners are there watching, what they're watching at the minute is good football. Regardless, you know, regardless, oh, yeah. of, regardless of what injuries we've got, we are watching good football. Every game so far this season, I think we've, you know, we've dominated games. We've had more shots. Arguably, the finishing needs to be slightly better. But, you know, we, we've outplayed teams and we most of us feel as if we've still got another gear or two to go to. Obviously, it's a result-based business, but... You know, for for someone to be predicting that a manager's in trouble after seven games, given the games that we've already played and how well we've been playing, is uh, well dark cloud, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, and uh, you know what, we might all be sat here in a couple of games thinking, you know, Lucas were right. I mean, we'll see. Lovely, uh, look, you've you've had your hand up. Yeah, just just on what Lucas said, I think there's two parts to it. There's he will probably be in trouble if you don't get some wins out of these next few games. He shouldn't be, but he will be. And I think that's because of expectation 
from, I'm not saying it's all you guys, but I'm saying expectation of the fan base as to what they want you guys to do this season. A lot of your fans predicted you'd be pushing top three this season. And if you're not able to go to these clubs in the next few games and pick up victories, then that's where he's going to probably be in trouble. And it'll be because fans will they'll start to turn. Look at, I mean, look at McCann at Doncaster. There's literally a portion of their fan base that have already turned and they want him, they want him out. He's, he's had, He's been back since this summer. He's got an entirely new squad. He shouldn't be in trouble, but he will be. And I think that's the same with Clough. I don't think Clough should be in trouble yet. I don't think Clough's the... I've said publicly, I don't think he's the one to take you forward. I don't think you should have given him another deal, but you did. He needs to be given until at least Christmas, but I don't think he'll be given that if the results aren't right. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's fair point to say. Um, H, you've got your hand up, mate, coming in. Yeah, I think like just people are like from like last season, people are obsessed with the idea of getting rid of Clough and because of last season. I think obviously I'm not the biggest believer of Clough, but you know, we're what, four games into the season, just give it a rest. There's no point going, Oh yeah, be gone, it'll be gone. Playing good football. We've not lost yet, albeit, you know, we've not we've won two games in all competitions it's just it's just ways to create like splits between fans and that easy isn't it yeah and do you know what you you messaged me earlier and you said that Stags fans are fairly fickle and I think there's some out there that that are I think I think Clough will be under pressure if he doesn't bring players in and at least get a little bit of a bigger squad um, because of the nature of the top season tickets sold. I mean I mean let's be honest, we've got you know, we've played what? We played Crew away, we played Donny away, and we played Grimsby away. And we've probably got I, I don't know who does these away league tables for fans, but we've probably got the best away following going because our fans travel and they travel in numbers. It's not like you know it's it's not like Salford bringing sixty three or whatever like that. But you know, with that brings pressure and I think there's probably a lot this season and a lot of people are expecting us to be there or thereabouts it's nice not to be talked about by all these other things saying that we're going up um, because like last season you feel the pressure more when everyone's tipping you to go up I do think this season we're pretty much every season there's a, there's a team that goes under the radar that you don't think go up and do I think if we can get players back quickly, then I think it could be us. But it's, it's Nigel's got to be smart now and look at who he brings in and, you know, injuries and stuff like that. Um, you know, because you're right, like Richard said the same, you said the same, the football we're playing at the minute is fantastic. And if there's anyone listening in here that hasn't been and seen us yet this season, genuinely you've missed a treat because it has been fantastic football. Yeah, okay, we might have drawn against Grimsby. We should have won it. Grimsby couldn't cope with a second half. But again, we started too late. The same against Doncaster. We start too late in games. Like, we have to wait for teams to score before we go, right, that's it, wake up. Doncaster ended that game clinging on. Grimsby clung on. And, you know, these, it's, it, we should be beating teams like that. We should be beating Grimsby. Um, 
but I take the blame for the Grimsby because I said on this last week that I've never seen us beat them away and it's still happening, so that's a curse of me. Essex, you've got your hand up, buddy, coming in. Yeah, thanks, mate. I, I, I agree with you, Russ, about um, travelling support. It is brilliant. Wimbledon last year was one of my one of my favourites. Um, however, I, I did mention to you earlier, there was one thing that is is really concerning me, and, and I feel that, that football supporters since COVID have really gone downhill. And I've had this discussion with uh, a few of my friends who support different teams recently, and, and, and a lot of us are in agreement. And this is from Arsenal to Southend. We've got a friend who goes to watch St Albans City every week. And at Grimsby at the weekend, about four rows behind me, um, was a, a huge argument that ended up with, I think, half the fan base around me turning around to watch between two 50-something-year-old fellas and a woman. One of them ended up with his T-shirt nearly being ripped off his back, um, you know, fighting with your own fan base. And then, and then within 20 minutes of that, a, a load of... Younger lads came down, one in a Blackstone Island jacket, stuffing his face with gummies, pushes a kid out the way. The kid's dad gets up to remonstrate with him for the fact that he's just pushed the, this little kid out the way to remonstrate with a steward of all people. Um, and he then tries to start a fight with this kid's dad. And then two or three of them are trying to gang up on him. And this is like three or four rows then in front of us. Um I just don't really get what's going on, to be honest with you. It's great that we've got a fantastic travelling support. And at home, Q Block, we've all sung their praises in the past. But, uh, yeah, I mean, is any, did anyone else see what went on at the weekend? I mean, personally, I think it's, it's, it's nothing short of disgraceful, really. I, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Brandon H, I don't know. Did you go Saturday? Did you see anything? No, I was too busy singing my Aidan Flint song that I want to sing along to. Do you want to tell us the words then now, Brandon? No, I'm not singing it on here, Russ. It'd excite you too much. Well, you, you know what I mean, mate? If you, if you want to just put a message in the chat, I'll uh, I'll share it for you. Uh, no, I, it's fine. We'll get it going eventually. Okay. Okay. Well, if you're sure, mate, you can always send me words and I'll put a tweet out for you. H, did you see much of it Saturday? No, I was in Tenerife. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've been away, haven't you, mate? Yeah. Um, Richard, Lucas, you were near me. You didn't see any of it, did you? I didn't. I didn't see any of what Essex was on about. But you know, you do get the younger ones. I think go looking for trouble. I mean, just just behind us, I think we missed the chance. So someone thought it was relevant to turn around and boot a chair and snap it clean off, like it achieved absolutely nothing. Oh, TJ uh, was fuming. I, I saw think, that as a lull moment. I think I've noticed a lot. And, I've never really thought about it until, as he said, obviously since COVID and that. But even just if you say something that someone doesn't agree with and they turn around and hurl personal insults at you, like football's football, everyone's opinion is going to be different. If it's an opinion, you can't be, you know, that's what you think. Whether it's or someone else thinks it's right or wrong, you don't need to turn around. But I think that's just, I don't know, people going to games. I think, I think a lot do go looking for trouble. And I think that's the difference when... You know, when we play, you know, so far this season, all our trips have been short. You know, Crew, Grimsby, Doncaster. It, it's been shorter trips where it's been a bigger crowd. They've been on drink all day. And I think we tend to, unless it's just me, we tend to find there's less trouble when when you travel down to Colchester or Crawley. Or, unless there's a flare thrown on. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Lower League, look, you've had your hand up for a bit, mate. I'll bring you in on this. Yeah, so just, um, like, as someone who works within a League 2 club, um, it's, it is what the club, well, all clubs across the league are, are kind of unanimous in agreeing at this. It's the worst it's been in the modern era in terms of fan behaviour, and it is since COVID. Since people came back from COVID, everyone seems to be a lot angrier. Um, clubs are categorised at the minute into A, B and C in terms of what they expect. Grimsby are, as it stands, the only club in League 2 that are a Category A club. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, well, exactly. And I tried to tell Grimsby this and their podcast went in on me and said, we've never had, we haven't had any trouble for years. And a Grimsby fan said, well, hang on, what about the train to Notts County last year where everyone were pissing on the seats and doing cocaine? Um, and they went. Uh, they went. Hang on a second. But the, the 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 toilets on the train didn't work. So what were people expected to do? I said it's a ninety minute train. How long do you need to be locked in a room before you have to start pissing on furniture? Like you're grown adults. And so, look, Mansfield are by no means one of the worst. Like when I say worst, I mean we. It's not each club. So like Bradford don't rank the clubs. Bradford rank Bradford. Mansfield's. Police liaison officer ranks Mansfield. Grimsby does Grimsby. So when Bradford find out Grimsby are Category 8, it's coming from them. It's not coming from the other clubs. It's literally coming from their liaison officer who's saying we have a lot of trouble. But, yeah, since COVID, it's got a lot worse. It's, it's Yeah, we have constant warnings about where we're allowed to go on match days, if there's going to be away fans there. Mansfield are a problem. I don't know. Obviously, maybe between yourselves, there's there's been issues. But like Russ, you'll know. Last year, I came down and met with you guys and walked off the coach, walked up to the pub with you. Like, there's no issues with Mansfield fans in terms of away clubs expecting problems. There's a lot worse in League Two. But yeah, it is. It's, it's across the board. All clubs have got so much worse than they were before COVID, and it, it's been described as the worst of the modern era, which I, I'm guessing is what Premier League. 92, 93, that's what they kind of class as modern era football for so the last 30 years. Yeah. Just uh, just slightly off tangent. Is, uh, I don't know if I've misread it or misseen it or something, but Stevenage not already on a second letter from the FL chairman about the amount of flares that they've been taking into grounds or something. I think Stevenage are in a lot of trouble with fans for quite a few things. They, um, they got a fine earlier this season because we, when we played them last year one of their fans ran on and and, and attacked Andy Cook mid-game um, what a well yeah <laughs> he still went on and scored 31 goals last season so don't worry about it um, but yeah it's it's um, Stevenage are, are, are a strange football club they seem to they've had one good season and everyone's got an ego yeah it's it's, it's weird isn't it um, Brandon you've got your hand up mate yeah I'll I know you was on about, like, our home fans not making problems for away fans, but, like, the amount of kids that I see getting run, like, at the bus station by police is stupid. And, like, Wimbledon away last season, I think after that it died down because we shut the gate, but our home fans at about 12 years old need to just get banned. And I think, you know what, Brandon, you're right. And the, and the fact is that, like, I know people have, like, labelled Q-Block in the past for being, like, painting the arses, and that's where all trouble is. So, my lad's nine years old and wanted to go up to Q-Block, and I was a little bit like, oh, I don't really want to because of the reputation and all that. I took him up there for the Grimsby Cup game, and honestly, 
everybody was sound. Every I think everyone like got a little bit overexcited when they scored. I think my mate ended up getting crushed between a chair, but did you, genuinely did you around. Little? Yeah, but well, all the all the kids that are like the rope, like a couple of rows but above the drum, they just jump down, like they just push each other down the road to like try and create fake limbs. But that's a classic the, example of this, six this, and seven year olds watching videos of limbs on Twitter when someone scores a ninetieth minute winner. You can yeah, argue, but you can about, argue like... there is actual genuine reason for limbs. And then we've scored like a what was it, a twenty fifth minute penalty against Grimsby in first round at Cub, half at ground yeah. closed because it's not not full enough, and they're throwing each other down seat. <laughs> can I can I just say? Yeah. Yeah. You said you, you said pains in the in the arse, didn't you, about that block? Yeah. I thought you said painting their asses, and I thought, what the fuck goes on in Mansfield? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the kids did that either. To be fair, they're all idiots. Maybe. Yeah, so. I mean, to be fair, Bob. Apparently, rumor is Bob Ross was a big Mansfield fan. Um, so or shopping you as Bob Ross. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, genuinely, it it was absolutely fine and it it was enjoyable. But you're right. I think genuinely there needs to be a consent as is if you've got a child under the age of sixteen, there needs to be certain blocks you cannot go in. That that would that would genuinely eliminate all that. And I, I I've got a nine year old. I would be quite happy if they said to me, Edward, Edward can't go in Q block because he's nine years old. I'd be like, yeah, it's fine, and. That that would eliminate all of that, but like you say, we were talking the other day about like atmosphere at home games. Like you tried to get the Aiden Flint song going, but like people aren't bothered. It seems mm. to be the same song. Like in 1987, everyone seems to sing it. Well, we yeah. we've we've left Q block. We sit in bottom of R now because trying to get an atmosphere going in Q is horrible. Like you're full of a block with kids that are going to fake limbs. They're not interested about supporting the team singing they're more interested about waiting until it's the end of the game and trying to go find a scrap like it's just got to the point where it's just yeah no point yeah you're right mate and and genuinely like daniel i think as a drummer does an absolute cracking job and it's got to be a bit hard for him when he's trying to drum up and people are like trying to drone on and you know you have to end up drumming like the same song six times a match because it's the only one that people will sing to we've got You'll see at the games that I'm trying to like start all these chants and everything, like not just the Aiden Flint one, but like any chant. But no one joins in unless it's the same 1987 song or just the simple ones that people sing along to. Like it's, it just gets to the point where there will be no one trying to start songs, and then our atmosphere will be like Barrow. Yeah, and and that's the thing. But like dropping it back onto what Isaac said about like football violence, like let. And, and pain in the arse fans and stuff like that. So, last year at Grimsby, for me, it were a nightmare. Edward couldn't see. There were blokes. There were two blokes fighting in front of me last year at Grimsby over the fact that neither on them would move to let Edward see the pitch. So, they decided to have a fight, see which one would move to let Edward see the pitch. Then, they, I think there was somebody climbing the stanchions of the stand. It was just wild. And... And you're right, Essex, it, it does happen, but it only seems to be certain games. Like, you can guarantee that when we go to Stockport New Year's Day, you'll have some issues. Bradford, you'll have a few issues. But when you go to, like, your faraway games, like your Barrow, your Colchester, your Gillingham, you don't seem to have that. And that's part of the reason, probably, they won't travel that long. But it, it's definitely something needs to be looked at. We're not, we're not, an angel fan base we have his issues but 
if you're listening now and you caused a bit of issues at, at Grimsby, just, just go get pissed if you want to get pissed, but just don't start no issues. You just ruin it for the rest of the fans around you. I mean, fighting with your own fans, it, yeah, it's a bit daft, isn't it? It is. You, you, um, you're the same as me, probably, Russ. I know there's some others in here that, that are younger than us, but you know, we, I've been going to Stag since 91. Um, and, and you know, I've never really seen it. And then just you know, Colchester, last game of last season, you had that guy jump over the thing onto the pitch and, and try and throw that flare into the bucket of water. And you just think like, you know, we all know what happens if you go on the pitch and if you celebrate and 300 if you go on, fair enough. But um, yeah, it was, it was more more just the, the, the just the, the stupid you know the stupid nature of all of it. That was the the big thing. You know, we've all got kids, and you know, we we all travelled a long way to go there with kids. And I, I don't think anybody in here wants their wants their children watching, you know, grown men who are also Mansfield fans fighting in front of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. I think the thing is with it with a Colchester game last season. I genuinely think the bloke that went on had the best intentions. I think he was like pissed off that they were taking so long because obviously they don't tell you the rules around flares. Obviously, the the rules are now uh, that they meant to leave them, let them go out, and then put them in the bucket. Oh yeah, I, I agree. And two two guys stood there yeah. with with fire written on their high vis jackets and a bucket of water, standing there watching it burn out. I completely agree. It was infuriating. But one, he knows what happens if he jumps over and goes on the pitch. Um, and, and secondly, whoever threw it in the first place in the 87th minute when we've just gone 2-0 up against a team who've turned it in when we need one more goal to get into the playoffs. Um, <laughs> yeah, say no more. Yeah, and, and do you know what? Yeah, you've got you've got a fair point at that. Um, Dan, I know you've requested to speak, mate. Um, first time speaker, welcome. You are, mate. Um... Yeah, not bad, mate. Good, right. I was, uh, yeah, just thinking, because um, Wayne Essex had said about uh, that incident at Grimsby, I, I was sat about three seats away from it. Um, the, the the bloke who'd ended up with his ri- uh, shirt ripped, he'd had a bit of an argument five minutes prior, because this um, young lad, probably about 18 or something, had, um, he'd walked right over from an exit, do you know, like the steps down to right far left-hand side at the um, stand that we were in. He'd, uh, he'd walked right from over there to then come and walk in front of a load of people to go down a different exit. So they'd had a bit of uh, like a bit of argument about that. Uh, I think a few insults were like chucked from each side. And then it had sent to die down. And then about five, ten minutes later, this older bloke had come up and started absolutely throttling the wrong person about five seats to, to right to me, uh, shouting every kind of insult to him. Um, then he'd realised that that was the wrong bloke gone over to the original bloke who'd had the argument with who turned out to be his grandson and then his dad also come over so they were two big lads and they just basically started swinging at this bloke they'd, they'd come up straight away looking for a fight um, and that's how he'd ended up with his, his shirt ripped and everything uh, we'd spoke to police after um, and they said that this, these people were all known to police that the two that had done it so I think basically what had happened is the grandson had just gone over, told told his dad and granddad to go and start on someone, and they they were more than happy to. Oh dear, I mean that is good. But um, thank, thanks for giving us that update, Dan. I mean, first time speaker, and yeah, positive update that, mate. Cheers, appreciate Dan. it. Cheers, Dan. Um, 
and hopefully you'll join us more often now, mate. First one's always worst. Once that's out of the way, it's easy. Oh, yeah. I did not hear anything that was just said. Why? It was just silent for me, so I just started whistling. Yeah, no, genuinely, play it back, you'll hear it, mate. Um, it was okay. quite interesting, to be fair. So, with that all done and fan, fan behaviour and all the rest of it done, um, Rich, what else have we got to talk about apart from Saturday's score? We can go over injuries again if you want. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we can all cover injuries. Um, but we've not really covered Saturday's game. So, what was everyone's thoughts on the uh, Grimsby game? I'll start with you, Essex, because you made the longest journey. So. Um, yeah, disappointed to go 1-0 down. I thought it was a good strike. Um, I wasn't right behind the goal, so I won't argue if someone says it was Pim's fault, like the Doncaster one, but I don't think he would have been able to stop it. There was a big hole there. You could really see from where we were sitting, which was to the left of the goal, you could really see there was a massive gap between Aidan Flint and Jordan Bowery. And I think Aidan Flint wants to play on the left of the two centre-halves. And when you've got Bailey Cargill, who's left-footed, then I think that maybe Flint's slightly out of position there. And it was just wide open for him to hit it. Overall, I thought we played quite well, particularly after half-time. Whether Quinn was injured or not, I didn't think it was the wrong decision bringing him off. I thought it really changed things. Um, And as I said last week, Oatsy pops up with a goal. And how Davis Keeler done didn't score, you lot can discuss. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. He's he's had a good start to the season. And I think all of us, when he was clean through, thought, that's it. This is a goal. And it just didn't happen. I don't know whether he thought that he'd try and just make it look easy. Or I genuinely don't know. Um, It's just one of them strange things in football, isn't it? He thought he'd score and he didn't. Uh, H, what was your thoughts on the game on Saturday? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, mate. I keep forgetting you're in Tenerife, living your best life. Well, I mean, I'm back now. <laughs> That's all right, then. Um, have you had a good holiday? Yeah, yeah. Burnt my shoulders, but other than that, yeah. Bears. Uh, Brandon, what was your thoughts on the game? Um, I thought we played fairly well. I didn't think we could do anything about the goal. It was a wonder goal. Um, but we need to just finish the chances. I thought Aidan Flint was going to score. Um, but yeah, we played we played as good as we have done every other game. We just need to finish more chances and get more points. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's fair. Dan, did you go? Uh, well, yeah, you went to the game on Saturday. What were your thoughts, buddy? He's gone quiet on me now. Look. Oh, hey, uh, sorry, my mic muted. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a slow start. Pim Defo couldn't have done anything about the goal. It was right into it. couldn't have been any further into the top corner. And I think that was the same at Doncaster. I think it's becoming a bit of a trend to kind of have a go at Pim for things that he can't do anything about, to be honest. Especially with, with Sabre did make a bit later on. Um, it was a bit... but, yeah, we, we played a lot better in the second half, obviously, when we started going going. Um like you said earlier it's just slow starts that are costing us yeah yeah definitely mate I'd, I'd agree with that as well I think it is the slow starts costing us um, Lucas what were your thoughts we played alright it wasn't the best the most exciting part was probably Rich at the start of the game singing his singing his heart out which I've got video footage of which I'll send to you in a bit it was absolutely hilarious brilliant uh, I, just wanna, I just want to add quickly that 
the Grimsby Ways put a, a comment in the in the chat. If your keeper saved that, I would have walked onto the pitch and shook his hand. And I'd have to agree with him because the the you, you can't be blaming Christy Pym. When when he hit the shot, it was a good six to eight inches wide and it oh it, it's such a it's a great a great goal. I hate to admit it, but what a goal. Yeah, it seems to it seems to be the um the theme, don't it? Like the Doncaster's first goal was a cracking strike as well. Um, interesting thing though from the Grimsby lad, he said, he said on oh, and and I know Lucas and Rich and Brandon, you talk about the home atmosphere, but the the Grimsby lads just put our home atmosphere is better than what Grimsby's is. So I Grimsby mean, you know, we, we all moan about it, but it might be better than what we think. It might the come thing is better than what we think. The yeah, Grimsby have a good away atmosphere, but they, they they don't really ever have a home atmosphere. Yeah, so I, I feel that our away atmosphere is probably better than what the home is as well. Yeah. You just naturally make more noise, don't you, away from home? Uh, Natalie, you're a speaker and haven't spoke yet. What were your thoughts on the game on Saturday? Motion detected at the Morales front door. Good, good answer. Great chat. <laughs> that is quality. <laughs> quality, quality. Absolutely fired off. Brilliant timing. Richard, Richard, what were your thoughts? <laughs> um, yeah, I think just the same as most of the other games, really. I think, you know, we'd, we'd dominate, we'd get plenty of shots off. Not so many on, on target, but I think, you know, it seems to be a regular theme where we seem to be in the post and crossbar every week as well. I think Kieran had that chance. I think it was first half where he rattled crossbar. Aidan Flint hit post in the second half. Obviously, he had, uh, Kieran had that other chance that he should have done should have done better with so and these aren't just half chances these are like good chances that we expect well more so the one-on-one -on -one that you expect him to be to be burying and you know you, you then come away with three points but yeah I think it's just a continuation really of you know a slow start getting into the game and then by the end you know the other teams hanging on for a point if they've got it yeah, I think you're right, mate. For me, it was carbon copy of Donny, wasn't it? We, we just battered him second half. We just we just need to find... Genuinely, I think you said it, Lucas has said it as well. Um, genuinely, when we click, someone's getting battered, like, by five or six. I think the I problem about the last couple of weeks as well is obviously sending the starting 11 out and then before half-time or at half-time, they're having to rejig things and, you know, players are coming off injured, so then you've got to re move players about and they've then got to get used to who they're playing alongside them. I mean, I can't remember if I've made the point before about Aidan Flint playing on the left. I noticed at the time when their lad was running down the ball just before he scored, Barry looked as if he were caught in two minds whether to press the ball or go to the runner that was going down his right-hand side. and He just seemed to take a step towards going with the runner rather than the ball and as soon as he did that that lad cut inside I mean you know if you if you did that again another 10 times he'd probably balloon it up the stand every time but everyone's died oh Lucas, wait a minute Matt, yeah oh, I'm back me Mike suddenly muted um, yeah I think you were right mate we did well we pressed well um, it, it was unfortunate not to come with three points, but move, moving on to Saturday's game, which I'll be honest, I'll take the flak now. Um, I'm not there this week. I'm in London. Um, mm -hmm. I know. 
Something come up. I'm not there either. Yeah, see, you'll back me up on this. So I'm I'm in London. I've had something booked for about eight months. So I'm he's, he's I'm, all in to London. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch wrestling. So me and Edward are having a weekend in London. Uh, I'm going to take him out for his first pint and showing the ways of the world, paying eight pound, probably ninety for a pint. Um, but I will try and find some way of watching it while I'm in London. Um, so, what do we think the score's going to be then, Richard? I will go 2-1 Stags. Fair. H? 3-1 Mansfield. Fair. Essex? 2-0 Stockport. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Brandon? Nil nil. Come on, nil nil. Dan, what's your thoughts, mate? Uh, three nil stags. By the time we batted someone. Three nil stags. Um, Lucas. There's no point even asking Lucas. You already know what he's going to say. It, it seems to be a recurring theme that I seem to copy someone every week. But I'm going two nil Stockport. Ooh, interesting. Um. So, Edward, what's your thoughts? 2-1 Mansfield. 2-1 Mansfield. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with last week's prediction. I'm going to say 1-0 Stags. I think it'd be a scrappy, crappy game of football with two teams desperate not to lose because I think Stockport are suffering from what we had last season, the old Wembley hangover. So, I think they are doable. So, I'm going to go 1-0 Stags and I'm going to go Keeler done. Uh, Brandon, you've got your hand up, mate. Yes, but I've been asked a question. I've been asked to ask Lucas Clark if he used to support Bristol City before Mansfield Town. Um, it seems as though Lucas is a very recent Mansfield fan. I just like clarification. Uh, yeah, so basically, as a kid... I'm... I can't hear what Lucas is saying if he's speaking, so you'll have to repeat it to me, Ross. Yeah, yeah, so as as a young lad... Already knows. Yeah, so L- Lucas is obviously fairly fairly new to the fan base. Like about two and a half seasons ago, Lucas first started watching Mansfield. He's obviously come, fell in love with the club and become one of us. And you know what? That's fair. He comes home, he comes away. And, it, you know, regardless of what team he supported as a kid, it's always good that somebody's putting money in the club. Uh, Lucas Thank comes Thank home, comes Thank away. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, no worries, mate. Um, but yeah, genuinely, you know, and this is the thing. At some point, if we ever surveyed our fans, I would presume a lot of them have either got a second Premier League team or the let's say they used to watch Forest but couldn't get a ticket. Now they're in the Prem. You know, we're not... There's a lot of us that are born and bred into Mansfield. There's a lot of people that find us later on in life. All it matters is they follow us now and get behind the lads. Um so, yeah, I'm going 1-0. And, Rich, who's your player to watch this week? Anyone who can get past the half-hour mark. So, come on then, pick one. Um, Christy Pim's a guarantee. Yeah, we'll go with Christy Pim just because he's going to see... How, well, now I've said that, he's going to do his wrist or something, isn't he? Oh, God. <laughs> it might be the curse of you, you know. No, to do with me, I backed out last week and he didn't... Uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't he stop. It. He had a hip injury. <laughs> Yeah, we came on and scored, so... Yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, Edward, it's time for your Player of the Week. Don't fall off the bed, you sausage. 
who's your player of the week? Grim. What? Yeah, Grimsby. Jordan Barry. Jordan Barry. Why? Because he's good. Because he's good. That seems to be a recurring theme, so... Edward, we've got to add, add on to the answers. Yeah, you've I got more, I need more description. Yeah, that's your job for next week, yeah? Yeah. Right, OK, so he's took that on board and he's going to do it next week. So, I'd like to thank everyone for listening, but before I go, I just want to say a special thanks to Stags from Ollerton, who stepped in last minute and took 11 of us to Grimsby, and it was quite a nice day, spacious bus. Uh, we really enjoyed it. So thanks, uh, Stags from Ollerton. You can find them on Facebook or here. So if you're ever struggling to get to an away game, just uh, just and everywhere's full, just drop in and give them a shout. Right, everybody, that's it, because I'm hungry and I need some dinner and I've run out of cans of cause. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. A special shout-out to Dan. Thanks for talking this week, Dan. Hopefully have you back next week. And thanks to everyone that spoke tonight. So, uh, good night, everyone, and come on the stags.